0: All right then, so let's do this. So my name is Bidian uh, Bidyan Okoth. Uh, I have a couple of friends that call me the page, but uh, yeah. yeah, and a few people call me captain for some reasons. My my name is Bidian and I'm part of Respect and I wanted to do this Respect For Me initiative. So my hobby, personally, I do like playing darts and recently I realized that I could be quite good in also playing bowling. So I do go to play bowling from time to time with my friends yeah I also watch football I'm a Manchester United fan yeah I watch football quite a lot over the weekends so why did I join respect so my reasons for joining respect is that uh, back in the days when I was in primary schools I used to be classmate with these amazing girls who were top tier in our class according to academics but sadly By the time we got into high school, a majority of these girls had dropped out of schools because of cases of teenage pregnancy and, sufficing to note, there were also cases of early marriage for them and also there are some cases of uh, early marriage, not just for the girls, but also some cases of early marriage for the boys too. Like some boys would have gotten some other teenage girls pregnant and then by societal norms, I don't know what kind of dispute resolution was that, but that would be made to marry the teenage girls, which was always a problem for me because I couldn't really figure my head around it. Yeah. Additionally, this is just a problem that is really vast, especially with the community that I am from. I'm from Nyanza, and in Western Kenya, cases of teenage pregnancy, I think it's almost becoming normalized. And I thought I could do something about it. Yeah, been sitting on the fence for quite some time about this topic. So I thought, maybe, why not? Maybe do something about it. So for me, in the project, I am among the project coordinators. We are around eight and I'm just one of them. I also serve as a member of the finance team within the project coordination team. And respect means a lot to me. Uh, respect has always been an avenue for change and also to express ourselves. It's like a, a social platform where we can just inspire each other as young people and do different things. Our objectives are very straightforward. We want to promote SRHR services for teenagers, but then we are able to come up with creative ways that us as young people we can do it. And working with young people from different regions, young people with different abilities, young people with different uh, history, uh, with different levels of imagination, we could come out with very creative ways of doing things. Yeah, So, for instance, for me, in respect, working together with people has made me understand how to run social media platforms better at least some um, different accounts on how to run different campaigns within social media platforms it has also given me access to other forums for instance i through respect i became a youth leader in the project and after that i joined the youth leader network that i'm very happy and proud of being part of it so respect has also opened quite a lot of doors for me to participate in multiple activities also just meeting other young people through stakeholder engagement, who are working within the same field, has always been very inspiring. Yeah, Internally, working with respect members has also been very nice, because it's creating a network for me of young people from across the country. So whenever I go to Kisumu, I always have this friend who are in respect Maseno or respect to Zima, and then we would hang out and stuff. So it's a network of friends that are always been created for it. So it's not just the project activity itself, but the social aspect of it has always had a very huge impact, especially for me. Maybe I would say that, yeah, for me. yeah. So why SRHR? So respect works on sexual reproductive health and rights. And uh, why I focus on SRHR is because it affects a lot of things. I think personally I have also not just experienced SRHR on uh, topography, way but I've just also just experienced it personally within my lives yeah because where I come from again I come from Bondo and in that place there are a lot of cases of teenage pregnancy yeah and it's become a little bit normalized there's even been a case of a celebration where a particular family was celebrating that their daughter had succeeded in completing her high school education without getting pregnant and it's such a big deal such a big deal when such a thing happens, then yeah. I do have a sister. Yeah, don't worry, my sister isn't a, a victim of teenage pregnancy. Yeah, but my mom was always worried about this. Yeah, like it was always a conversation that my mom and I would have a couple of times. Like you know, we need to ensure that your sister goes to a school that is not uh, around. Maybe these regions, maybe you should, should meet more friends who think that it is not normal for teenagers to be pregnant during their time. It's, it's always a scare. And it's not just my mom. Like, it's just a common scare for most parents that their daughters would drop out of school uh, because of cases of teenage pregnancy. And this was normalized that if it didn't happen, then people are like, ah, you're very lucky that this didn't happen. So the cases are that severe. And the problem is also how dispute are resolved. Like a teenager would be pregnant because of somebody elderly, uh, impregnated her. But then the chiefs in the region, one of the ways that they would resolve this is by coming up with solutions like maybe pay off a goat or some few animals to that family, then it would go off like that, or maybe they would come up with some ways like tolerating issues like early marriage, you know. Like there are a lot of families, at least for friends of mine, have been telling me stories about some regions like Kisii where the girls were forced to be married off to whoever impregnated them so that uh, the families are not are saved from the embarrassment that comes with that. Yeah, yeah. so it's a lot of deep rooted issues that uh, pushed me towards SRHR. and for me sexual reproductive health is not just a reproductive issue, it's not just a health issue is also a policy issue and it's also a developmental issue. Uh, poor SRHR services have also led to issues of let's say women not getting proper jobs or not being recognized as well as they should for the work that they do. This has created some some kind of gender inequalities so that women have to work like twice or three times as much as men for them to earn an equal pay or just to be recognized within a particular system yeah that we have within their countries and our communities. So SRHR is not just a health issue, it's a developmental issue, it's also a political issue because of, due to SRHR's services not being provided as they should by government, some women are not given an equal chance in their education. They're not given at least a real chance, even if they, it looks equal, but it's not a real chance because there are a lot of barriers along the way that would stop them. For example, as I was saying, my issue with my primary school colleagues here, some of the ones, the few who did not succeed, who, oh, the few who did not succeed to finish their education because of teenage pregnancy ended up going to early marriage. And those who succeeded to proceed with their education joined university, and then in their university education, maybe they finished and they never got jobs afterwards. They never really got jobs because also, the kind of environment that we are working in, it wasn't so easy for them to penetrate into that, yeah? And if some got jobs, then maybe they're not even paid as well as their male counterparts working within the same environment, yeah? So it's always a challenge of barriers and barriers that come into that. And um, just to be a bit clear, these issues are not just affecting women. There's also a whole bunch of issues that are affecting men. There's a lot of male friends that I have back in the village who ended up marrying Ali because they had spouses that were pregnant when they were younger. And the community expected them to settle down. Like the norm is like, you settle down, start a family. Now that that has happened, then you start fending for yourself. So they stopped all their ambitions and stuff like that. But then conversations about family planning has never happened between these spouses, the young spouses they are, yeah? They have never really have conversations about family planning, and even should they have them, they are not accessible to them. Yeah, because it's a it's, it's a rural community. Yeah, some of these things are not as accessible. It's not an easy choice. The choice that they would probably have will be condoms. But then the long term choices that would maybe secure them for months would not be easily accessible to them. And it also there's a lot of taboos that are making it almost uh, an uncomfortable discussion talking about contraceptives. And so it's always a barrier, one way or the other, for them to express themselves, talk about how they're feeling, talk about is it really a good time for them to start families or should they wait? Yeah, all those things. It's just a problem for them to figure out a headspace to participate in that, yeah. So my experience being in the field in respect has varied because I've participated in a number of activities. So I'll start with my high school experience. So in high schools, I've gone to a couple of school visits as one with the respect of volunteers to educate people on sexual and productive health and rights through games and workshops, yeah, and activities that we we'll do together with teenagers. And one of my shocking things was that a lot of teenagers were maybe being abused at home, but then they would not have somebody to talk to about this. Remember, there was a particular case where by a girl asked me a very straightforward question about a past a, a friend of hers, supposedly quote unquote, who was have had had sexual intercourse with her uncle, meaning the uncle was abusing her. Yeah, didn't know what to do. Yeah, and then when that friend of hers told the grandparents about it. The grandparents did not do anything about it and then they threatened that they would kick her out. So she was always very uncomfortable and feeling a bit insecure at home and then the environment in school wasn't as conducive to do it. But what was very shocking, striking about this, though it's not really the big point, is that the kind of details that this girl was giving was so specific that it almost got me worried that maybe she's actually speaking about herself yeah and it made me worry so much because such a person did not have any social structures around her that would protect her she the school was deep in the village yeah they didn't have proper roads within that school uh, the issues of teenage pregnancies were high within in that region and early marriage has been normalized within the region yeah the the teachers are really trying to educate the students and talk to them out of drug abuse and things like that, but then the community out just outside the gates. There's a lot of uh, informal settlements and a lot of drugs that have been said to be around that place. So it's not really a very conducive one because the students are not boarding in school. So they would be in school. They would be under the control of teachers, but eventually they would leave school and go outside the school compound. And now within that, the teachers don't really have anything much to do. So this girl was talking to us. And of course, as respect, we had a one-on-one conversation with her, requested to talk to her on the side. And I was with my colleague, Dorcas Zagallo, talking to her. And later on, we linked the lady with the, the one of our partners, the Gender Violence Recovery Center of Nairobi Women's Hospital. Uh, I haven't really followed much about it, but uh, they got in touch. And she's receiving the help that she needs from that uh, link up. So some of these things are some of the worrying trends because we are not able to go to all the schools in the country. But the school that we picked, however random that they were, the cases that we got were so adverse that it just makes you even more worried of the situation we have in the country. Yeah. So it's not really a, a happy story per se. Yeah, it's an experiential learning for us too when we go to those schools and we get to know quite a lot of things here for example some of the myths that we got in the schools I know this is a bit laughable but also sad that this girl that was convinced that they were told by one of her friends who is like six years older than she is that she couldn't get pregnant when they had sex standing so it's such a weird one because tried explaining to them that they actually they would actually be pregnant. But then she took this bottle of water and then poured water through the water up and then it came down by gravity. And she told me that's exactly what would be happening to spams. And the way she would explain to me, she was so convinced about this myth that you could tell that she was told this particular uh, quote-unquote fact by somebody that she trusted so much. And the way she was telling it, she was was almost defensive, as if it happened to her herself. So that's one of the reasons why I like the project, because we get to demystify some of these facts and make some of these facts clear. Then we advise some of these teenagers to get the help that they need. They can visit the youth-friendly clinics. We talk to the guidance and counseling teachers within the school so that the teachers can be more open about listening to these girls. When they come up with some of their issues. Yeah. We just try to make them have an option of somebody they could always talk to outside their home. Maybe the school. And we are hopefully going to start a parents program soon. Maybe someday, yeah. But you see a case like this where a girl thinks such a myth is true, you can imagine how much they trusted the person who told them that fact. And you can imagine how much they have been lied to all this time. It's literally somebody has been molesting them and taking advantage of their ignorance. But sadly, they don't have anywhere to get the facts. You know, our high school education do not really get into the deep ends of SRHR. Yeah, high school education just talks vaguely about contraceptives, very vaguely, and then just knowing your parts, which is also done uh, periodically, and it's not really as comprehensive as it should be. So some of these myths, like I can't imagine uh, uh, any of my teachers talking about sex and then talking about even demystifying that myth in itself in class. I could almost feel like they would be embarrassed about it because then this is a thing that we're not very used to talk about within our communities. But it is an important conversation because we have teenagers being taken advantage of. So it is an important conversation. We can't run away from it. It is important that we talk about it, yeah? And that's where respect comes in. Our model of peer-to-peer makes it easy for the teenagers to just have these conversations with us openly without feeling that we are going to judge them or anything because we can't judge them, yeah? We're just there to demystify the facts and the myths so that we can tell them, okay, this is the truth and then this is false, yeah? As the facts as they are. And also just to open to them as their friends. Now, the other experiences have been part of gender based violence trainings, which we go to universities and talk to, train young leaders within universities to be gender based violence activists and organize intercampus festivals where people use their artwork and uh, they use their art experiences to showcase their message of ending gender based violence among ourselves and just be champions that are pushing for an end of gender-based violence, yeah. And that is my journey in the project. And that all explains what respect means for me. That is respect for me. Thank you for listening to this episode.